It's time to be mindful and take a more bee-centric look inside our hives. Welcome to the Natural Beekeeping Corner with our host, Natalie B. Hello, family. Bonjour. And welcome back to the Natural Beekeeping Corner on the Hive Jive. I'm your host, Natalie B. And today I am super excited to talk about the people's hive of the future. I'm so excited about this hive and what it means for the world that I had to expand on it for the entire episode today and explain why I believe it's truly a revolutionary yet classic hive. So let's make this fun. Let's make this a guessing game. Clue number one. It has actually been around for centuries, but is nowadays being revisited with great success as a better alternative to other traditional hives for most beekeepers around the world. Clue number two, it's cheap, easy to make with all kinds of materials, including reclaimed or free. Clue number three, it has no fragile, difficult to make and expensive frames or boxes. Are you kind of guessing what it is yet? Clue number four, it's by far the easiest to manage for people of all ages and physical abilities. Clue number five, most people can make one themselves or know someone who can easily make it for them. Clue number six, perhaps the one that matters the most. It makes for healthier bees and happier beekeepers. So, have you guessed yet? Well, before I give you the answer, I'd like to say first that I believe that everybody should be a beekeeper. Well, almost everybody anyway. Because the more people are beekeepers, the more we reconnect with nature through the joys of beekeeping. The more we become aware of the importance of our ecosystems and how everything is connected. And the more we realize the need for planting for our pollinators and the dangers of pesticides. Look, people don't need a lot of space to keep bees since they forage in a radius of several miles, which means it can be done in a city or in the country on land or in a backyard, or even on a balcony or a rooftop. It's a wonderful activity for children, young and older people, women and men, the rich and the poor, developing countries, and so on and so forth. It can really, truly unite us. And I really believe that everyone should be allowed to discover what completely raw, unfiltered local honey and comb honey tastes like straight from the hive. And that Lofty goal is best accomplished by making beekeeping easily accessible to everyone to remove the frictions so that people from all walks of life can do it. And that means starting with or switching to our mysterious people's hive of the future, because it truly is the simplest, cheapest, most accessible, lightest way to keep bees. Okay, so if you haven't figured it out by now, and you don't know me very well and what my soapbox is, here's the answer. It's the horizontal top bar hive, of course. Pat yourself on the back if you figured it out. But why, you ask? Well, there's so many reasons I'm not sure where to start, so let's see if we can do this. So before we talk about all of its amazing features and why it's so practical and why it's so far ahead of the pack and being the people's hive of the future, let me first explain to you what a horizontal tabba hive is for those of you who might not have heard what they are. So it's basically a simple box in which natural comb hang directly from removable identical 
simple bars, usually wooden bars, that are set next to each other to form a continuous roof over the nest. The whole thing then being protected from the elements by a waterproof cover. So in effect, it's basically five elements, two ends, two long sides and one bottom, and a bunch of simple wooden bars, all that covered by a simple rain cover, which could be tin. That's it. Can't get any simpler than that. Uh, and since I believe in removing barriers to beekeeping and keeping it simple and cheap, it makes it a fabulous option for most people around the world. By the way, when I'm talking about horizontal taba hives here, I really am talking about Kenyan style taba hives, the kind of which Les Crater and I build and for which you can find free plans on our website at b-mindful.com slash plans. Those are the kinds that instead of having the vertical walls going straight up and down, they have those walls that are slanted inwards towards the bottom. And that means those walls are not exposed to the elements, rain or intense sunshine. And they last longer in addition to the fact that the bees don't attach to those walls um, with that angle. So again, it's just basically five pieces of wood, identical simple bars and a rain cover. That's it. And at its simplest, you may even skip the wood and use organic materials, reclaim, salvage, or bamboo, or even cow dung uh, to make them. You could use cardboard boxes for temporary, you know, hive making. It's really super simple. That also means that they can be as affordable as free to build if you use salvaged wood or reclaimed materials. And, and those are fairly easy to find as well. So even if you buy all the materials from the store here in the US, a Tabar Hive will still probably cost you under 50 bucks to make yourself. So that makes it a fantastic alternative to much more expensive equipment, such as Langstroth Hives, which, you know, when you add up the cost of all the parts, the frames, the foundation, the inner cover, the outer cover, the bottom board, all the boxes that you're adding, um, potentially the extractor, that really adds up in the end. It's also much cheaper than any of the uh, more niche hives, such as the Flow Hive, the Layens Hives, the Asia Hives, all those hives that require a lot of um, expensive equipment for you to keep your bees into them. With the additional benefit that by adding some partitions in the middle of the hives, you can actually host several colonies in there, anywhere from one to two to three, or even potentially four, depending on the length of your um, box. Any hive that's relying on frames is actually much more complicated and tedious. They require precision milling and advanced woodworking skills and tools that most people do not have. Uh, that means usually the only choice uh, in getting those hive parts is buying them from a supplier, which in turn means uh, that you're entirely dependent on their prices and that supply chain. So when there's a back order or shortage, you either have to pay extra or wait for those parts. You're completely dependent on those suppliers. For developing countries or low-income communities, that's usually a luxury that they do not have. And so that represents a barrier to entry, uh, making it inaccessible to a wide range of people that would otherwise benefit from beekeeping. So in effect, those cannot be called a people's hive. The horizontal taba hives that you can make cheaply and easily, on the other hand, 
um, is definitely a fantastic option for for developing countries in low-income communities. I recently went to Africa, to the Republic of the Congo, and set up a teaching apiary with Tabar Hives. The additional benefit um, to being cheap, easy to make, uh, and readily available with the tools that you can find uh, in developing countries, as well as the materials that you can find, is that in the case of Africa, the bees have a smaller cell size and a smaller bee space. So those Langstroth frames that are ubiquitous and that are respecting the space, the bee space of European honeybees, they actually are not very well adapted to bees in Africa. Uh, and that creates some cross-combing issues uh, very quickly. Speaking of equipment needs, the Taba hive has a lot less moving parts than the uh, frame hives like Langstroth, Aja, and Layens. And there's no need to store supers or frames away from the hive over the winter like you do with Langstroth hives. And uh, usually that means, you know, uh, with the Langstroth hives, you end up with a garage or a storage area filled with boxes and frames of potentially drone comb that you have to protect from wax moths, mice, all kinds of um, critters that are trying to eat what's in there. With those horizontal top bar hives, there's no need to build entire structures or buildings around them like with Asia hives, which is actually impractical for most people. And since they can be made out of two inch lumber or even thicker wood, they make for much higher chances of overwintering uh, because they kind of reproduce the insulation capabilities found in tree hollows. Um, that and the fact that those walls are slanted uh, so they're not as exposed to the elements again. With tabar hives, there's no need to continuously buy, assemble, transport, and store boxes and frames. All the bars are identical and interchangeable. And best of all, you don't have to use any frames anymore, which are, in my opinion, a gigantic pain when you have to um, um, play musical frames up and down boxes. They don't all have the same sizes sometimes. Um, and you have a, only a certain amount of frames that you can put in your boxes horizontally. So you always end up with extra frames or not enough frames, uh, not enough boxes with the right kind of frames. It's just kind of really cumbersome. And those frames are also uh, highly breakable. So I don't really care for frames. <laughs> and I know I can hear some of you say, but the frames make it easier to reuse the comb over and over again. Uh, they provide structural integrity. So you can tilt your your frames up and down in whichever way. However, uh, I, I prefer... And the bees prefer foundationless. They don't like that plastic or that wax foundation. They build better natural comb. And uh, the natural comb is better for them. The transmission of the vibration is better on natural comb. They also can build the cells that sizes that they need for their specific need, depending on the season. And for the beekeepers, that really makes it a lot easier to harvest your honey using simple kitchen utensils. You can even crush the honey with your hands, uh, use a colander, um, a knife to cut out the pieces if you're doing cut comb, which, by the way, you get a lot more on foundationless. So the simplicity and the low cost of the Tabar Hive 
also make it a lot easier to manage because we're talking now about horizontal management, which means that you know always where the bird's nest is as it expands and contracts horizontally throughout the seasons. And usually you'll get in the back of the hive, you'll hit some honeycombs, the food stores. And as soon as you hit the first uh, combs with brood, you know you're, you're getting into the brood's nest. So that's always the same uh, structure. And that makes it a lot easier to um, find where everything is. Plus you're not adding or reorganizing dramatically the bird's nest by, by you know, stacking up boxes on top or removing supers uh, and changing the whole real estate configuration on the bees. So it's a lot less intrusive and um, easier to manage both for the bees and for the beekeepers. So not only do you have an uninterrupted bird's nest, but also the bees half the time don't even know you're there uh, because you're coming in from the back of the hive where there's no guard bees. Uh, I've gone into a whole yard of tabar hives without my smoker that I had forgotten before to provide emergency feeding and nobody even knew I was there. I did that without my smoker. I went and moved on to the Langstroth uh, in the same yard and I hadn't cracked the inner cover open that the bees were all in my face already and saying, you're not going in there. So there's a marked difference of uh, level of defensiveness between Tabar hives and Langstroth vertical hives in general. Another big advantage of the horizontal Tabar hives is that these box can be set to your preferred height and you don't even need a lot of upper body strength to, leave, to lift entire boxes like you do with uh, vertical beekeeping. And knowing that those can weigh anywhere between 60 and 90 pounds each uh, when they're filled with honey, and that you need to bend over and twist with thousands of bees in your face, um, that's really a back saver. And it's a fabulous option for young children, the elderly, and most people with physical limitations. As it stands, I actually know a lot of old-time beekeepers that have had to stop beekeeping because their backs gave way from the abuse of lifting heavy boxes, and they cannot no longer do that. So I would say, you know, save your bags and keep beekeeping forever with tabar hives. <laughs> the bars can actually be grabbed and pulled out with one hand or up to four at a time if you're using both hands on each side. Uh, so that minimizes the disruptions uh, on the bird's nests, right? When you're not separating each frames or bars in this case. And what's really fun is that they can also be inverted upside down completely and then stood alone on the bar for freehand observation and picture taking. So that's really a, a, an additional bonus there. But yeah, really, the most amount of lifting that you're going to do realistically in a horizontal tabar hive is going to be seven to eight pounds for a comb full of honey, basically. And they can make just as much honey as other commercial style beehives if you've got similar management style and if you keep harvesting, you know, along the way to make sure that the box doesn't fill up. Another advantage is that they can be made out of very thick wood to provide better insulation. And because they're managed horizontally, and not by stacking boxes on top of each other. There's no chimney effect. As you know, heat rises, and if you have a brood's nest at the bottom of a stack of uh, Langstroth boxes with the honey on top, that heat from the brood's nest will 
rise up and it'll be a lot less efficient for them to keep their brood warm first of all but on top of that that heat that heat's going to hit the roof of the hive and potentially condensate and fall back on the bees so that's really highly inefficient it's the same by the way in summer or actually the opposite in the summer where uh, the cold air will escape from the entrance and the heat from hitting the cover will keep the colony hotter than it needs to be so if you're using a vertical management, I would say at least provide some insulation at the top on your outer cover so that those uh, effects are minimized. And another advantage of horizontal beekeeping is that you're not ripping up their entire roof at once to inspect your colony. So you're not exposing the bird's nest and recklessly impacting the bees' tightly controlled uh, temperatures, humidity, and volatile compound levels. Everything stays kind of nice and tight and there's very little exposure of the bird's nest. Another plus side effect of using a horizontal tabba hive instead of vertical box stacking is that there's a lot less bee crushing between flat surfaces. And that means a lot fewer bees will get upset and fly in the face of the beekeeper. So everybody's happier basically. A couple of considerations to keep in mind when talking about tabar hives. It's best to go with 19 inch long bars and a 30 degree angle because that's going to make for longer attachments and shallower combs, which are going to be more solidly attached to the bars. If you go with anything shorter on the bars and deeper, like a 15 or 17 inch bar, you're going to end up with a lot more breakage of the comb because the center of gravity is going to be lower and it's not going to be attached for that much uh, distance on the bar. Also, you're going to have a lot less attachment to the side walls with a 30 degree angle in that longer bar. You're going to have a lot more with um, vertical style walls like in the Tanzanian uh, would be the extreme. And the other consideration would be that just like with everything else, you can make your hives just as fancy and as expensive and complicated as you'd like, even with a Taba hive. However, Les Crowder and I would believe in keeping it simple. So our plans are very uh, basic, easy to make, fast to make. And we just constantly keep in mind that we want to remove the barriers to entry for communities of low income or developing countries. So basically, we have healthier bees, happier beekeepers, and all that truly makes it the people's half of the future. It's a fabulous and exciting option for community outreach. It's a perfect hive for beekeeping in remote, low-income, or developing areas, especially in areas with African or Africanized bees, which tend to build with tighter bee space. It's really the best hive you've never heard of. And we're really excited about these because they are the only ones that truly remove the most barriers to beekeepers, to beekeeping. So if I've piqued your interest, go take a look at b-mindful.com slash plans. We've got some free plans out there and we're about to post some uh, instructional videos and Langstroth to Tabar have at easy adapters that anybody can use to transfer either nukes that they've purchased or regular um, Langstroth equipment into the Tabar Hive format. So we really are trying really hard to make it accessible to all.
And by the way, if you remember a few episodes back, John was talking about our link to Tabahive adapters, and he was actually gushing about it. So that was really fun to hear. <laughs> For like about 10 minutes, John was like, this is amazing. Uh, so if you haven't listened to that episode of the Hive Jive, go back to there. And if you want to look at the pictures of that adapter, the preliminary ones, we're going to get better ones. But you can go to our Instagram account on Be Mindful Honey Farms. And if you scroll down amongst the Chat with a Mindful Beekeeper videos from the past weeks, you'll find the pictures on how to adapt a lang to a tabar hive the easy way. But again, we're going to post some more videos and instructionals on that b-mindful.com slash plans page for you guys. And with that, that's it for today's episode. But if you liked it, I invite you to join me again next month for a new episode of the Natural Beekeeping Corner on the Hive Jive. And in the meantime, to let everyone you know about the Hive Jive in general and this segment in particular. In between episodes, if you have questions about the content, you can find me at b-mindful.com or join Les Crowder himself and I on Instagram, again at bmindfulhoneyfarms. And Zoom every Thursday, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central U.S. time for our weekly chat with the mindful beekeepers, which is a one hour free beekeeping question and answers where we take the time to answers to answer all your questions and share our combined 50 plus years experience in beekeeping. Thank you, family. Until next time, y'all be good. You've been listening to The Hive Jive. We appreciate you joining us on our beekeeping adventures. And you can find out more information about today's episode online at thehivejive.com. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>